Santiago was a substandard Marine. He was being transferred. That's not what you said. You said he was being transferred because he was in grave danger. That's correct. You said I... he was in danger. I said grave danger. You said, is there I any I recall other... what I said. I can have the court reporter read back to you. I know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm... Why the two orders? Colonel? Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir, you made it clear just a moment ago that your men never take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or people die. So Santiago shouldn't have been in any danger at all, should he have, Colonel? You snotty little bastard. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Colonel? Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when it went bad, you cut country. these guys loose! Your Honor, you had Marcus inside of money transfer! Your Honor, you doctored the logbook! Damn it, Captain! You coerced the doctor! Consider yourself in contempt! You. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What's up, guys, and welcome to Rotten Potatoes, which is uh, four friends reviewing movies that you absolutely should have already seen. Uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm here with the three best friends that anybody could have. Yeah, we're like a giant wolf pack. <laughs> but a wolf, I, it was a wolf pack of one, and now mm-hmm. you've joined, and you've joined, and even you. And in case you didn't notice, we are not reviewing The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> that clip wasn't from The Hangover? It wasn't. All right. Well, I'm Tyler. I'm Jake. I'm Zach. I'm Scott. We're we're doing it again. We might get some new listeners for this Uh, one. (laughs) Those are our names. What are you talking about? I don't understand. Zach, are you still feeling pretty sick? Um, Yeah. I mean, it's been a few weeks that I've been (laughs) sick. That was a month-long ailment. uh, Were you not just on a cruise ship? (laughs) <laughs> um, well, I work in child oncology. And so, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. I was on the cruise ship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, as I'm sure you heard, uh, today we're reviewing one of my favorite movies of all time, A Few Good Men. Uh, and that was one of my clips that we just got to hear. We're one of my favorite clips uh, from from the movie. A uh, little bit of just the facts. Uh, this was, uh, I'm going to be talking for a while here because I always do just the facts and I'm also the nominator. It's all right. We'll uh, interrupt you with funny jokes and banter. Yeah, please interrupt me. This is your movie, so you deserve to kind of take it away. Remember, you're supposed to talk for eight hours, and we're just supposed to sit here and listen. (laughs) That is what you promised the people. (laughs) I like how, like, I'm sitting here talking, and the three of you are just looking at me, and I feel like I'm, like, really on stage now. It's like you're on trial. I I can't handle the truth. Do you give us the truth? I can't handle the truth. Did you order the code red? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's originally how that scene was written, right? <laughs> he was supposed to scream like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nicholson was like, there's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, this was, uh, so this movie was directed by Rob Reiner. So it's our second Rob Reiner Second film. Rob Reiner. Working through it. And uh, second movie with um, Keeper's Keep, Sutherland. Yeah. 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 And they and, were both the Rob Reiner movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, I know I talked about how cool Keeper's Sutherland was in Stand By Me, but... He looks like a dork through this whole movie. Yeah. I was pretty bummed. It's kind of like when um when you have your director actor power duos like Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. Yeah. And uh obviously what comes to mind next is Rob Reiner and Kiefer Sutherland. I thought yeah. you were gonna say Rob Reiner and River Phoenix. Mm. Well Uh-oh. what could have been? What could have yeah. been? Rest in peace. I thought you were gonna say Adam Sandler and um, Adam Sandler. <laughs> 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 no, who's the who's the guy? Uh, Rob Schneider. Uh, yeah, that's what comes to mind after Rob Reiner yeah, and yeah, uh, Keeper Sutherland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those are the, the three classic sure. greats. The classic yeah. trio of yeah, definitely not Wes Anderson and Bill Murray though. No, no. <clears throat> who? <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the big thing that sets this movie apart for me, I I honestly could take or leave Rob Reiner, uh, but the big thing that sets this, I'd probably leave him. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing that uh, that sets this movie on another level for me is that it was written by Aaron Sorkin, who's just the grandmaster of dialogue. Yeah. Like, no one writes better witty back-and-forth fast dialogue than Aaron Sorkin. 
like this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, Newsroom is one of my favorite TV shows. West Wing's up there for sure as well. Yeah, you are without a doubt a huge Sorkin fanboy, aren't oh, you? Oh, I'm such a fanboy. Have you seen everything that he's put to film or television? Except for Molly's Game. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to see that yet. I'm a pretty big Sorkin fan as well. I think I've seen all of his films. I haven't watched his shows, um, but mm-hmm. I love Sorkin as well. Yeah, he's awesome. Jake and Scott are looking at... I don't have a lot of strong opinions about Sorkin. Oh, okay. Can you say some other things that he's done so I can say whether I like him or not? Moneyball. Haven't seen it. Social Network. I have seen that. Uh, West Wing. I haven't really seen it. Uh, Newsroom. Newsroom. Yeah. The the latest Steve Jobs movie with... um, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, I haven't seen that one either. Didn't Ashton Kutcher also just do a Steve Jobs movie? They came out a year apart. Uh, That one was called Steve-Z. (laughs) (laughs) that one was called steve jobs and then the uh sorkin and wasn't it sorkin fincher wasn't that their second no it was gonna be fincher it was gonna be fincher with christian bale um but they both dropped out it was um oh man i'm blanking on his name well i know that it was michael fassbender who played steve jobs right it was directed by danny boyle oh danny boyle and i think they did just I don't like the movie as much as Social Network, but I think they did just as good of a job. Yeah, it's, I do too. It's a great movie. Apparently, I haven't seen all of Sorkin's written movies. He did a movie called Malice. That was pretty good. You've seen that one? Yeah. And then how about The American President? Yeah. yeah and how is that one? Uh, not not my favorite. Not great. Yeah, um, not my favorite. And then Charlie Wilson's War mm-hmm. with Tom Hanks. With Tom Hanks. You've seen that one? Yeah. Apparently, he also wrote a show, um, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I've heard of it. I've n- I haven't seen it, but but yeah, a I few haven't. good men is his first film that he ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, and it was based on a play that he wrote. So he wrote a he wrote a play uh, that did really well. Uh, it ran for you know it ran for several years. It was called A Few Bad Girls, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it's called a few bad women. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it was called a few good men, uh, and it's, yeah, Sorkin's background was um, writing for plays, uh, and so he has. I think it's still running right now. Uh, he has he adapted um, to kill a mockingbird. To kill a mockingbird, uh, and it's in New York right now. It's running right now, and uh, Jeff Daniels plays Atticus. Atticus huh. Finch, and I want to see it. I would give almost anything that I hold dear in life to be Even able us to see three? this play. Except for you three. You would give oh. up the wolf pack? I said except for you three. I would give up the wolf pack. I would give up my mom, though. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Does she listen? No. Liz, if you are listening, we are so sorry. I'm going to have to text her a link to this. Can you give me your number? Scott has it. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, it was originally a play and a very successful play. And then he uh, decided to adapt it into a movie. And I, man, I just like killed it. Uh, so this was released in December of 1992. Uh, and so the play uh, was actually released in November of 89. So the play mm. ran for two full years before the movie came out. Did every movie that we've done for this last? Four or five episodes come out in December. around Christmas time. No, we had a uh, we had a couple of springtime and summer movies. Braveheart. Okay. I don't think Braveheart was a Christmas Braveheart movie. was a springtime movie. Uh, like it was a summer blockbuster. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, um, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, did pretty well in the box office. Uh, it was a forty-one million dollar budgeted movie, uh, and it made two hundred forty-three million. Wow. Uh, that's that's nice. worldwide. Uh, locally, like domestically, it made 141, but that's still a that's really good. Though. It's a decent decent return. Uh, the other guys gave it a 82. percent Wait, that's it? Yeah, I know. Wow. And IMDb has a 7.7, which is identical to our last episode, uh, Dirty Harry. Really? Dirty mm-hmm. Harry also had a 7.7 on IMDb. I wonder what metrics they're using to measure these things. Yeah, I I mean I really don't know. Not as Probably good as our same. metrics. As uh, each other, IMDb and them both. Yeah. Just like, this is what I feel like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's but pretty much our right. metrics. Ours is way more complicated and like. Oh, this algorithm, you guys, it took, it took Jake probably 300 hours just to compile the code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had to quit his job. Yeah. I just have my apartments covered in whiteboards now and it's just got numbers all over them. <laughs> and there's just like uh, 
pins and string attached to so many different places. <laughs> and then there's just like a couple pictures of potatoes on my walls. Yeah, with <laughs> red circles drew around them. <laughs> uh, so this actually got nominated for four Oscars and uh, five Golden Globes, including Best Picture, and didn't win a single award. Huh. Not uh, a single one. Yeah. It oh my wow. gosh. It didn't. What, who did it lose to? Do you know? Uh, yeah. So 93 Academy Awards. Best picture was, uh, oh, that's uh, best actor. Um, hang on. It's probably going to be at the bottom. I'm surprised that it didn't win best um, screenplay. I'm surprised it didn't win anything. It wasn't yeah. even nominated for best screenplay. Really? Yeah. So uh, best screenplay uh, based on, you know, previous material uh, went to a movie called Howard's End, which I've never even heard of. Yeah. Same here. I have no idea. And best picture went to Unforgiven, a Clint Eastwood movie. I love mm. Unforgiven, but Unforgiven is not half as good a movie as this. Oh yeah, no. And like, so it, I felt like this was a shoe in. So the nominees for best picture that year were Unforgiven, A Few Good Men, Howard's End, which again, I don't know what that is. Uh, Scent of a Woman, which Al Pacino, I didn't really like. Uh, and the crying game, which is good, but I don't think I've seen any of those. Oh, okay. Well, I saw a few good men. We should watch Unforgiven. Oh, I was supposed to watch that for this, wasn't I? Yeah. Oh, frick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Just the facts. You know, what was interesting when I was looking up some stuff. Um, I saw that, uh, the cinematographer for this movie is Robert Richardson. Yeah. Um, who has worked a lot with one of my favorite directors, uh, Quentin Tarantino. And then also with Martin Scorsese, yeah, wow. quite a bit. He's shot uh, a few, uh, a few of each of their films. So it's interesting to see that he also shot this. He's a good DP. He's been around Is for it a while. Scorsese or Scorsese? I I have zero authority. It's what whatever you want it to you be. You said Scorsese, but I've always heard it as Scorsese. But but I I was legit asking like I don't know. I've literally heard like people in the industry say both, like in interviews, and so I'm like, I Got don't it. know. And I've never heard him say his own name. I don't even think Scorsese knows how to say it. Scorsese, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. Uh, potato, potato. Rotten potato, <laughs> rotten potato. Uh, yeah, so nominators feedback. I chose this movie uh, just because I've seen it so many times. I love the dialogue. Like, this is mm -hmm. just a dialogue movie. Uh, it's. I feel like it's super engaging the whole time. Uh, like there's never a time where I'm like bored just because it's just so fast paced uh, with dialogue. Like there's no action to speak of and yet it's a like kind of fast paced movie. Uh, and I just think that's really neat. So uh, our late bloomers was it was it just you, Jake? I feel like I'm a lot of the times it's just me. But, uh, you had seen it before, Zach? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, so I, I think it was just Jake. Yeah. So Jake, what was your uh, what was your late bloomer? I loved it. This is, I think, one of the best movies I've seen. Like, um, ever? I, yeah, I think so. Like, oh, I, that makes me so happy that I got to like. I would throw it up in definitely my top ten. Oh, so this beats five. Braveheart. Is this the best movie you've for you that yes, we've I, done on the podcast? I think so far? That this is. I think this is the best movie we've done. Gotcha. That makes me so happy to hear. Oh. I, I really loved it. I would probably put this as the second best movie we've done. I think I put, still put Braveheart above it, but I, I really like this movie too. Mm -hmm. Well, what were your thoughts? What did you like about it? Uh, I agree with Tyler. I mean, I think this is probably one of my favorite um, Tom Cruise movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he kills it. Uh, I love the back and forth. Uh, lots of very just believable conversation mm -hmm. uh, between all the characters. Mm -hmm. um, and... <clears throat> Yeah, I, I just all around, just a solid movie. Um, entertaining the whole time. Interesting little thing I noticed while I was watching is this is the only Tom Cruise movie I have ever watched. Oh, really? I've really? seen Tom Cruise in two movies. One of them was Austin Powers, and I forget what the other one was. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah. Those are like, the, those what, are part the, of, what Austin Powers is Tom Cruise in? Tropic uh, Thunder is he? Well, no, he's great. in Austin Powers. Uh, he like remember when they make oh. they're, they're adapting Austin Powers into a movie inside the movie? Oh, yeah, that's and right. And he gets cast. It's like the third Austin Powers movie, I think. Um, <laughs> so you've never seen like a an actual Tom Cruise movie? No, just this, this is the only. Really, Tom Cruise so you haven't seen any of the Mission Impossible's? No. You haven't seen The Mummy? 
the the Dooku. <laughs> really? Oh my God, that's the one that you really of all of the like Top Gun or you know. You know what? Uh, Top I Gun. agree with Zach. I think I should be more up to date on the Dooku. The dark, dark universe, cinematic universe. Uh, oh, yeah, you kept saying Dooku, and I was like, yeah. "Is this a reference to Star Wars?" No. I do you see or risky yeah. business? Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot better movies. Um, than what's, Mummy. what's the uh, mm, debatable? Show me the money. Oh, Jerry uh, Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Oh man, we have so many movies now to add to the list. Oh great. Yeah. Jake is keeping this podcast alive. Yeah, I feel like that's what's really the reason I'm here. Me and yeah, totally. Because we just. But you've characters. seen a lot of the movies we've done. That's Jake true. is always the late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. I don't mind. I'm the little baby boy on this podcast. Jake has been a late bloomer on just about every one that wasn't his nomination, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually true. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he's been, he's just a little small boy, and he, he needs to see more movies. What was the second? Yeah, I'd never seen more. Yeah. No, I'd never seen a single one that I hadn't nominated. That's funny. That's funny. That's cool, though. It like, is it's, cool. It's cool that we're all kind of like... But it's not like we're things. doing these like kind and of And all small of us have <laughs> been a late bloomer, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah we yeah. have. Mm-hmm. And I think my movies, none of you guys had seen one of them. And then two of you guys hadn't seen the other one. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're picking great movies uh, for us. And I, I, I'm so happy that I got to pick this movie for you. Mm-hmm. And it's one of, uh, it's in your top 10. I, I love, love that. What uh, you you said you liked it, but what was uh, Scott like? Kind of explained a little bit what he liked about it. What was it that that really stood out to you about this movie? Yeah, no, I think I agree with what you were saying. Like, yeah. just like the the dialogue, the like it was really like I wasn't bored, and like it was like because I was kind of like we're watching a lawyer movie. Yeah, all right, but I was never bored. It was just like go go go, and I was interested. I liked I liked everybody. You yeah. know, like every character was believable. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like really a lot of really good acting, I think. So mm-hmm. like I loved it. I uh I actually am really partial to courtroom dramas. Like I love them. I've seen most courtroom dramas out there. Um well, like most like of very the ones recognizable. you should have seen. Yeah, most really recognizable courtroom dramas. Uh and some of the ones that like nobody's heard of. Um but uh this is d- takes the cake. It's the ultimate uh, courtroom drama. It just made me think, have, have you guys all seen 12 Angry Men? Yeah. 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 Dang it. Wait, we all have? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was thinking about nominating that one. That's a good one. It all is right, great. well, I guess we can't. No, it's great. That's cool I, that you guys have I would seen still that. put this above, like, I would put this above 12 Angry Men and the other, like, big one from history was uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Atticus uh, in the courtroom uh, sequences are just some of the best. The, they are the best parts of the movie. I haven't seen the To Kill a Mockingbird movie. Oh, really? I haven't either. I read the book and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't know if I want to recommend it, to be honest, uh, or nominate it, but it's it's very good. Um, so uh, we'll dig into this movie a little bit. Although, Zach, did, was, is there anything that you kind of wanted to talk about just on the surface? or Yeah, what were your thoughts this time around um yeah i still really liked it uh i do think that i would say i love this movie i think it's number three for me out of what we've watched i think braveheart is the best movie that we've done so far um and then just personally steve zisu i i still enjoy that movie more than this one just more so for personal reasons but um I think this is a great movie. This is one of those movies that my family and I would watch over and over again. We'd watch it like once every couple months. My family loves this movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I really like this movie too. It's Sorkin, and I love Sorkin. It's yeah. it's just a good movie. You know, this for sure fits the the trope of this podcast. Like, it's one of those movies that you absolutely should have mm-hmm. seen. Tom Cruise is great. I kind of went through like a, a little Tom Cruise phase, and this is one of the best ones that I saw. Um, I haven't seen too many movies with jack nicholson but i think this is my favorite role that i've seen him do i think i told tyler yesterday is this character um colonel jessup scares me more than his character in the shining <laughs> like this character kind of scares me as i'm watching it. i wouldn't want to mess with this character yeah no i i totally agree with you on that yeah i think uh i think some of the reason i don't absolutely love it is i'm just not a huge rob reiner fan his directing style just comes across a little basic he doesn't really take too many risks um you know it's hard not to like him but also like it, nothing about it to find something incredible about him yeah yeah um and so i think those were kind of the scenes where it 
it left a little bit to to be desired for me and um it, the movie does feel a little dated at times sure um but overall i i think it holds up really well it's a great story i like it a lot so uh this movie uh like we've kind of alluded to a little bit it is uh it, it is a little bit of a courtroom drama but more than that it's a military movie mm-hmm. uh and uh so you know we open up with uh that there is uh something afoot on windward company uh marine barracks in guantanamo bay cuba uh and we're not sure, you know, exactly what's going on, but we have a. I'm I'm skipping some things that are inconsequential, but mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, we have a, a marine who is uh, a snitch. Uh, he's really not fitting in with the company, and this seems like it's a particularly intense group of marines. And marines themselves are already a pretty intense group of people, mm-hmm. and he's really just not fitting in. And so he uh, either witnesses or just has information about an illegal fence line shooting uh, where one of our guys shot over the fence at one of the Cuban, at his, mirror. At a, at his Cuban mirror. And uh, so Private Santiago uh, is trying to get off the base, and so he reaches out to uh, Naval Criminal investigative division and says if you get me transferred i'll give you information about this illegal fence line shooting well our uh our very own colonel nathan r jessup uh played by jack nicholson gets word of this and decides that rather than transferring off the base him off the base something needs to be done about this guy Mm -hmm. and uh what ends up happening is they uh the the marines uh perform a code red uh, which was uh, sort of like a disciplinary action. It's a little like, it's not necessarily clear that it was on his orders. Like what he says is when they're having this discussion, he says, I'm not going to transfer him. I'm going to train him. Like right. we, we, it's our responsibility to train him. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah so it's all not, that happens behind closed doors. We don't get to see it. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. Um, but it's kind of interesting. This actually uh, is based on a true story. Mm. Uh, so it was inspired by a code red that happened at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Uh, it was uh, Lance Corporal David Cox, along with nine others, tied up a fellow Marine and beat him for snitching. Uh, but Cox was later uh, acquitted and honorably discharged and uh, subsequently, months later, murdered. Mm. Yeah, wasn't he like found like riddled with bullet holes? Yeah. And yeah, that's crazy. The murder's still unsolved. Yeah. And this was in the 80s that this happened. So it was based on a true story. Wow. Uh, and Sorkin wrote the play based on this true story, uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's a crazy true story. Yeah. Uh, like obviously like names and dates were changed and, mm. you know, I'm sure there's some more drama than was really there, but the premise is really happened. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of drama really there. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, So assigned to the case uh, is Lieutenant Caffey, played by uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, Young Tom Cruise. Yeah, lead counsel too. Yeah, lead counsel. He's, you know, fresh out of law school, fresh out of the academy kind of a thing. Or not the academy, but law school. And then he's never actually been in a courtroom, right? He's settled every other case he's done before. A lot of plea bargaining. Yeah, a lot of plea bargaining. If he if he plea bargains one more, he gets a set of steak knives. He's (laughs) he's the son of like a super hotshot lawyer before him, right? Yeah. So not only a hotshot lawyer, but I believe he was the uh, I believe he was either the advocate general for the Supreme Court, or he was a. He had something to do with the Supreme Court. Gotcha. Like, he rose through the ranks and was a really great lawyer. And he is dead at this he's point, dead. right? Yeah, his father's dead, uh, but he's always kind of lived in that shadow. Mm-hmm. The The first thing I noticed about Tom Cruise, in, I obviously, cool guy in this movie, whatever. His uh, I've realized that, like, that's, it's important to me. being cool. It's very important to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only he, thing that makes things even cooler to Jake is if they wear sleeveless shirts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, his, Keith uh, Sutherland was, like, your cool guy. And then, uh, oh, are you getting to Keith? Uh, Keith no, Sutherland? I was just in the middle of talking. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the the position of his tooth in the in the middle of his face 
Did anybody else look at that? That's just Tom Cruise, right? I know, yeah. but like, I, I couldn't stop looking at it. Like, I'd, I'd seen a picture of it, and I was like, whatever, it's not going to be that. And then I just was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I need to stop looking at this tooth. <laughs> Did he lose some cool points for that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just by the way, he just played softball all the time. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> and how much Kevin Bacon was not good at softball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible softball player, Jack. I wanted that to be our opening uh our opening scene instead of you can't handle the truth. Yeah, it, it's a good one, but it drops the f bomb. And yeah, we there might be children in the car when people are listening to this podcast. And it's probably the only f bomb in the whole movie. Probably, I don't know that to be true, but I can't really think of another one. I think it is. I yeah. think you're right. Uh, but uh, yeah, Lieutenant Caffey gets assigned along with uh, uh, Weinberg. Yeah, uh, good old Weinberg. Good old who Weinberg. was supposed to have. Uh, at one point, they were considering having Jason Alexander play. He Weinberg. would have been a great. I would have loved that. Anytime Jason Alexander potentially is going to be in a movie, I so wish that he was who got cast. But and I he guess could have screamed. I was in the pool. I was in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that yeah. was why he didn't take yeah, it. He was in the pool. Unexpect, unexpectedly got uh, picked up for another season, and Seinfeld. so he was unavailable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with you though. I mean, honestly, uh, Jason Alexander is fantastic. I love him. Favorite Jason Alexander movie on three. One, two, three. Shallow, Shallow Hal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only movie I've seen him other than Seinfeld. I've never seen him in anything but Seinfeld and like Friends and Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, he is in that one episode of Friends, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping someone else would say Shallow Hal with me. So. I I felt conflicted because I've never seen the movie. I think they adapted it into a movie, but I saw him uh, in the musical with uh, Matthew Broderick, the producers. Mm. And uh, so I saw him live and oh my gosh, he was fantastic. He was so good. So anyway, I just, it was not a movie. So I he was like, been great. I can't. Uh, that's my favorite performance of him though. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Kathy and Weinberg get assigned to this case and very quickly meet uh, uh, Commander Joanne. I can't remember her last name now. I can't remember either. I'll look it up. Calloway? He, Joanne Calloway? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think remember. it's Joanne Calloway. He just calls her Joe, though. He, yeah, he calls her Joe the whole he time. He does one of the, like, why? He, he meets her. It's and he's still Galloway. eating. Galloway with a mm. G. Still eating an apple in the entire meeting. Yeah, I meeting. love that. I'm like, yeah. Come on, man. It was just the the level of like smug uh, disrespect. disrespect. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, that's just how cool he is. Yeah. yeah. And You're right. So she hates him though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I would too if I were her. Oh, yeah. Because she thinks this is a real case and she really wanted to be assigned. She wanted to be counsel. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but the JAG Corps really just didn't want her on it because she is just too thorough. They wanted it to be a quick case and they yeah. knew that. Tom Cruise's character was because he, he settled, settled every other case before every this. other case before this. Well, she had made a drunken disorderly take nine weeks. I think we find out yeah, later. So yeah. it's just like she way too long. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. Yeah. Drunken disorderly. That's a one week clo- open and closed case. And they, um, I guess it's that's one of the things that they're they start talking about later is they just didn't want this under a microscope. Right. Like, this is a yeah something it, that shouldn't be looked at. Yeah. We we don't want this to hit newsstands in any way. Uh, and so he gets assigned uh, and she's not into it. And so she decides to accompany them down to Guantanamo Bay. Uh, so they go down uh, to, to Gitmo and already Kathy is starting to feel like there's something wrong with this situation because he has a conversation with Kevin Bacon and uh, he says, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Kendrick ordered them not to touch uh, Santiago and uh, Kevin Bacon is the prosecutor in this case. And uh, Caffey's like, I says to Weinberg, he's like, he said, he told me like Lieutenant Kendrick ordered them, ordered Santiago not to be touched. And Weinberg is like, yeah, so. And Caffey's like, I don't even know who Lieutenant Kendrick is. I didn't bring him up. Like, why, why is he volunteering this information? Mm-hmm. There's also a interesting i mean it wasn't that interesting detail but like i was watching it and i was like why can't you be bothered to remember your clients names like for like the first three times they talk about he's like i feel like i should know those names like they're the guys you're defending yeah Yeah. he can't remember their names but doesn't he kind of remember like uh isn't there a part where um galloway kind of like calls his bluff 
and then it turns out that he actually knows all this information about his client. Yeah, he's like playing it he's off. He's kind of like just playing it off know. like he, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he, also, Joe gets assigned because he, she calls up Aunt uh, Jenny. Aunt oh, Jenny, that's right. And like, mm. kind of woos her. And so Aunt Jenny requests her to be put on the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where'd they say? I think it was like Aunt Jenny from Oklahoma or something. <clears throat> I think it was, yeah. Oklahoma? Good old Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, but, uh, so they go down to, uh, and I, I, I feel like this is clear, and I, I hope everyone's seen this movie. If you haven't, go watch it. But I mentioned that uh, Private Santiago was, you know, underwent this code red, which was, you know, they just kind of beat him up a little bit, but he ends up dying. So this is a murder investigation. I don't think mm-hmm. I made that clear. But Private Santiago's dead. So they go down to Guantanamo Bay, and they get to meet uh, our our main... Colonel Jessup. Our main man, they Jessup. Meet Jessup. They meet um, Kendrick. Yep. Who that's the character that's played by uh Kiefer Sutherland. And then yeah. they also meet his second in command Colonel Markinson. Markinson. Markinson yeah, yeah, and he's kind of an important character as well. Mm-hmm. He who I had completely forgotten about. Like oh, I had yeah. no memory of this character. Oh, he's, yeah. he's kinda in the, the gray area yeah. for us. Like he mm-hmm. has parts of himself that are good and parts of himself that aren't good. Yeah. But he was really in favor of getting uh, Santiago transferred. He wanted to transfer him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we should yeah. get him out of here. Like, this isn't safe. Yeah, it's dangerous for him here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Jessup just wasn't having it. Jessup's arrogant. Yes. He's a really arrogant guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Well, we find out Markinson and him were, like, in the same, oh, like, that's platoon right. together. They kind of rose up together. Yeah, they went to the academy together. Yep. And yeah. then uh, Jessup even just assumes and projects. He's like, I know that this probably bothers you, mm-hmm. but don't question me again. Like yeah. that's his motivation for questioning yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, so he, uh, they, you know, have lunch. They do some investigation and, and again, like you could tell Kathy already is like, there's something wrong about this. Mm-hmm. And so like on the way out, he's like, can I get that? Uh, can I get that transfer order? And yeah, because like, he what? said well, he was planning to be transferred. Yeah, well, you said he was he was supposed to be transferred. I just I just need a copy of the transfer. It's a great moment because up to that point, you can kind of see that Jessup is is kind of thinking that this is all just going to go away. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. oh, they're just playing the game. Like we're good, nothing to worry about. And then he casually drops that request, and then it's kind of like that's when like the the color goes out of Jess- Jessup's face, but oh, only yeah. briefly. Well, and we find out too a little bit later that he did it solely to see how he would react. Yeah, right. Because he could have just got those himself. He yeah. didn't right. need to get them from Jessup. He just wanted to see the look on his face when he yeah. asked. And it was that moment that made him know like there was something shady that went down. So they uh, they get back uh, they get back to uh, stateside and they're uh, talking to these two Marines, Lance Corporal. Uh, Dawson and uh, private. Um, mm, I'm forgetting too. Private other guy. Private other guy. <laughs> uh, He's not much of a character. He just the slow one. He speaks when spoken to. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? Uh, Dawson says, uh, like uh, he'll answer any question you ask directly. Downey, right? Downey. Dawson yeah. and Downey. Yeah. yeah, Dawson and Downey. Lance Corporal Dawson, Private Downey. Uh, and uh, I'm looking at this cast right now. I completely forgot that Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this movie. Yeah, that was my favorite part. He's like one of the witnesses, right? Yeah, he's barely in it. Yeah, yeah. very briefly. Uh, but the, this was, you know, uh, five years prior to uh, Jerry Maguire, where they're before he kind of blew up. Yeah, where it's Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise. How close was that to radio, though? Radio way before. In, yeah, way before. Right. Radio was like 2005 yeah, or something. Like. Yeah. And even before radio, he was in uh, Men of Honor with uh, um, uh, Robert De Niro. That did Snow Dogs. was the really diving well. one, right? What was the that? One? Was the diving yeah. one? Yeah, Men of Honor. Uh, anyway, Cuba Gooding Jr. It was great seeing him in this as well. We don't see him really. I think the only time we see him is in the courtroom, right? We don't see him at. Uh, That's yeah. the only. Yeah, he just has that small part. He's the there for just a witness. tiny little bit. He's gone. But yeah, made the movie. Uh, there was uh, there was another one that I thought was pretty funny, uh, and it was uh, Noah Weil. He was the guy driving them around uh, the base, and then he testifies in the courtroom uh, about like not knowing where the mess hall is. Mm. Uh, so that's Noah Weil, and uh, I've just always known him from ER. 
Mm. And like, so I watched ER a ton as a little kid. Uh, and he's also in, uh, he's in Donnie Darko. Um, oh, but gotcha. it was like funny seeing him because it, I've, I don't think I've ever really, I'd forgotten that I'd seen him in Donnie Darko, but I don't think I've ever seen him outside of ER. Like that's his only. He's driving them around on the base in Guantanamo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was Kendrick, Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, that's later, but oh. when they first get to Guantanamo, uh, he's the one who the one gives first. them jackets and says like, hey, oh, oh, that's right. Put yeah. Fatigues they, on. Yeah. Uh, the Cubans see white and they think they mm-hmm. might have someone interesting to shoot. Uh, funny fact too, uh, when we were doing some research for this episode, uh, we read that uh, Kiefer Sutherland had a hard time driving those Humvees that yeah. they were a little too wide yeah. and at times would end up hitting Marines with the Humvee as he was driving around on set. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't really on set. This or, was yeah, I on spoke, location. But yeah, on location. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was so on this lo- was actually shot at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah that- I didn't mean to imply that it was a set, but you know what I meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> So they uh, they come back stateside and uh, Caffey's really starting to wrestle with whether or not this should go to court at all. Like he really just wants to try and settle this out of court. Uh, and he tries a couple of times, but well, he gets a good offer. He gets a really good offer and uh, his clients won't take it. They won't take the offer. Like they won't admit that they did something wrong. They're st- like staunchly holding to, yes, we did do the code red, but we were ordered to. We were following orders. Well, they didn't tell him at first that they were ordered to. And then he then he comes in because uh, Joe, <laughs> yeah. it's like he ordered him to. And then uh, Tom Cruise is kind of like, I forgot what his reaction was, but then he goes and he yells and he's like, did they order you to do this? Yeah. And then he was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, did like you, why wouldn't you tell me that? Like, you didn't ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so his clients don't like him. He doesn't like his clients. And uh, he goes into court uh, to request a new attorney to request new counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really just in this moment. Like, it was a little bit of Joe's persuasion, but it really came down to this moment. Uh, and, and yeah, her persuasion before when she's like, if it's not you, these boys are going to, they're going to hang. And they need you. You'd like, you're a good lawyer, and you know that they're innocent. You know that... And he, you know, flips out, you know, it's not about what you know, it's about what you can prove in court. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he makes this decision day one of the arraignment and he, he enters a plea of not guilty. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I think maybe this is later on in the movie, but he has a conversation with his friend who's co-counsel or is he Weinberg. wasn't really, yeah, yeah, Weinberg. And he says like, you know, if I had the choice between your father or you, yeah. And he, like, says, like, your father was a great lawyer. Like, I'd choose you 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Actually, I'm Nine a, times out of 10 or whatever he says, uh, I'd choose you every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Mm. It was the first time I've ever heard that phrase before, that idiom, and I use it all the time. Uh, but I'm quoting that movie. Uh, and it's later in the movie, but that's okay. Yeah. But he is, like, uh, he. we get to see him come alive. Uh, over the next few days in the in the courtroom, like he's starting to really prove that, like uh, you know, Santiago, like the code red, uh, wasn't really uh, it wasn't like poison soaked on the rag that killed them. That he had an underlying heart condition, and you know that he's able to kind of prove that to the jury members in court, and uh, you know he's able to kind of demonstrate that. Uh, even though like, you know, the prosecution is making the case that there's nothing in, uh, the manual about giving code reds. And, uh, he's like, well, you, you know, they learn from other people. He walks the, the handbook back up to Noah while sets it down. He was like, uh, can you open the book, uh, to where the mess hall is the directions to the mess hall? And he was like, oh, it's not in here. And he was like, are you telling me that in all this time you haven't eaten a meal? That's a great moment. And he was like, no, no sir, sir, three squares a day. He's like, well, how could you have known? Just kind of follow the crowd at chow time. Follow the crowd at chow time. He's like, he just walks away. It was just mm. like, oh, man, it was a great, like, lawyer mic drop moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm advancing the plot a little bit, but if there's any other, like, things that you guys wanted to, like, jump in at any point, like, that's cool. But uh, then the big break in the case happens because they're really having a hard time. Their whole case really hinges on whether or not Jessup knew, you know, like mm-hmm. what, where the order really came well, from. Well, at some point, what's his name? 
Uh, and that's what, yeah. So Markinson shows Markinson. back up. Oh, because yeah, he went missing. Right. Yeah, he went MIA as soon as they left Guantanamo. And he used to be like special forces, so they were like, "You're never going to find him unless he wants to be found." Markinson's a ghost. That was the one part that I didn't love. Oh. It felt like uh, in a movie that felt like really grounded and real. And I'm not saying that this kind of thing doesn't happen in real life, but it felt more like a movie. Yeah, sure. You know, it was kind of like uh, it. it it felt like it didn't really flow super well to me. Sure. I guess I could see that. Like, um, I, I didn't understand, like, like I knew that he was against whatever, but then Jessup. Against, against Jessup. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, I was like, why is he just gone? Like what happened between yeah. them? Like that he just fled. And then they're trying to get him to, don't they convince him to go on to the stand? Uh, yeah, he doesn't want to, well, he doesn't want to. And they can, and he does agree reluctantly, yeah. but then he ends up shooting himself Yeah, I was, well, because the logbooks got doctored. And so all, his whole testimony, it was basically going to be his word versus, versus Jessup's word. And he's like, they're not going to take my word over Jessup's word. He gets mm. into full military dress uniform, puts a silver plated pistol in his mouth and pulls the trigger. But you got to hand it to the federal he, marshals. Why didn't he just disappear again? <laughs> Uh, because he was being sat on by federal marshals. And I, I think, honestly, it was just guilt. Like, he was just mm. really racked with guilt. Because you remember his last action, he started narrating a letter he's writing oh, to Santiago's right. parents. Yeah. Like, that it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I wasn't strong enough to save your son. Mm. Uh, and so I think, yeah, I think he just blames himself for Santiago's death mm-hmm. and kind of takes the coward's way out. Yeah, he yeah. knew what was right and didn't act on it. Yeah. yeah. And then after he kills himself. And, I'm oh. sorry, real quick, he knew it was right and didn't act on it. And... The only thing that allows evil to persist is if a few good men do nothing. So it's mm, like, uh, yeah. Well, didn't that used to be um, kind of the Marines thing? Yeah. Um, like we're looking for a few good men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you saying, Jake? I was saying after he kills himself, I was just thinking about this scene. I questioned it so much and I was wondering if this would even get released today, but Tom Cruise gets sloshed, just hammered. Oh yeah. And then... 10, 15 minutes later, drives in the rain to go pick yeah. up Oh, Joe. that's right, yeah. I was like, what? And Weinberg is in the car with him, I think. And they, yeah, yeah, I was like, why didn't he drive? Exactly, like, I remember any of that. this. Like, <laughs> and then he sobers up quick, though. It's probably all that yoo uh, that he's been, yeah. he's drinking yoo yeah. the whole movie. And Joe put a pot of coffee on. Yeah. That's true, that's yeah. enough. So. And, and I'm gonna do it, Joe. I'm gonna put Jessup on the stand. I'm gonna put Jessup on the stand. She stops and turns around. My hero. Uh, she doesn't say my hero, but she has that attitude. <laughs> Uh, I've just got to give a little shout out to uh, Demi Moore. I thought that she like played her character very well. She did well, a yeah. great yeah. job. You, uh, if you want to intro this little fun tidbit about, um, yeah, I will, uh, and I'll, I'll tee it up for you. Uh, you can you can talk about it if you want. You found it, um, but uh, yeah, Aaron Sorkin, I love him, and this made me love him even more, I guess. But like, it's kind of interesting in this whole Me Too movement. But he got uh, a like a note from a producer that he refused to name that said that uh, if Tom Cruise and Demi Moore aren't going to have sex, then why is Demi Moore a woman? Yeah. Like the character. Yeah. Like just make her a man. If they're not going to have sex, like why, why bother having Demi Moore if they're not going to have sex? Yeah. And then doesn't sort is Sorkin replied like uh, a woman's purpose isn't just to sleep with Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. A woman has a lot of uh, purpose and value outside of just yeah. Sleeping with Tom And Cruise. apparently that was one of like the worst experiences he had in his film career. Yeah, I think it was like Vanity Fair or something like that. That he was mm-hmm. like telling this to in an interview that that was his like, he hated that moment. Uh, he was like, man, being a screenwriter sucks. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm going to have to deal with these kind of this people. Kind of stuff, yeah. But it makes me wonder who the producer was. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you assumed Weinstein. I just, I, I, Weinstein (laughs) didn't produce the movie. Harvey Weinstein. uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Yeah. He just went out of his way. He just, he heard about it and he's like, wait, why, why bother? You know, there's just one part of your script that doesn't make any sense. Let me just, uh, let me just write up Sorkin (laughs) right now. Uh, huh. This was, so this was produced by Castle Rock. Who's Castle Rock? Oh, yeah. I wanted to say, I thought that was really interesting as well. <laughs> That's just funny. another connection to Stand By Me. Yeah. We have Rob Reiner. We have Kiefer Sutherland. The Stand By Me podcast, right? 
And Castle Rock Entertainment, which Castle, Castle Rock. Rock has done all of Stephen King's adaptations. Has it? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously Castle Rock is super, uh, you know, that's kind of like a, an important location in Stephen King's work. Yeah. And bring, bringing up um, Kiefer Sutherland, I don't know if you guys knew that uh, originally they were looking at Bill Murray to play Kiefer Sutherland's character. That Weird. Oh, I would have loved it. It just I, that would have been I. It would have ruined the movie. Yeah, like, just his ruined, apathetic yeah. attitude, and it it would have been. But uh, Bill Murray's gotta be uh, Nick Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I always but, get. I always say. I always want to say Nicholas because the golfer. Oh yeah. Every time I get confused on both <laughs> of them, uh, like he's like the same age, right? Like similar age, probably. Yeah. It would have been a little weird dynamic for them, I think. But yeah, that's the only issue with it. Really, I think. Sutherland was a good choice. Oh, I think he was a. I I I think he was a great choice. Mm-hmm. I love I love Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Uh. So he uh. Caffey decides that he's going to put Markinson on the stand, or I'm sorry, put Jessup on the stand because he believes that Jessup wants to, to say, say it. it. Yeah. He's like he wants to tell me that that he ordered the code red because he's in charge. He's seeing through his own uh sort of like uh um. Arrogance, and he mm-hmm. truly thinks that that was the right call to make. Like, right. if, if he yeah. had to do it again, he would have done it again. Yeah, well, because he had been written up or some, so he had some reprimand for doing Santiago. It. No, no, no. Uh, he had had like previously a different code red that had happened. That was Kendrick. That was Kendrick. Yeah, not Jessup. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kendrick had, but code reds had been outlawed. Yeah, I thought Since. it was for some because they had like something had happened with. Jessup specifically, and then he was because I remember him no. like acting like, "Why are they no. enforcing this? Why yeah. are they shoving this down our throat?" Yeah, no. So th- it wasn't necessarily something that happened to Jessup. Um, it but Code Reds had just recently been like officially outlawed. Like okay. the the Secretary of the Navy sent out a letter to all the commanding officers saying like Code Reds are no longer to be like uh, done, and J- and Jessup is like, "This is an important like teaching." thing and to give some context to the code red like they uh they ask uh noah wild the actor noah wild i forget the character's name they ask him like what is a code red have you ever gotten a code red and he was like oh yeah no like i kept my hands were sweaty and i kept dropping my firearm and so that night a bunch of guys break into my barracks and put glue all over my hands and I never dropped my gun ever again. Like he's sort of like, yeah, code reds are great. They're mm-hmm. important. They work. They They're work. Important part of what we do. Yeah. Kind of like they would do a code red, code red just for that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of proves like, okay, then they had to have done something for Santiago. Yeah. For snitching on them. Snitching and, and was messing up left and right. Yeah. Messing up, falling behind. Falling behind yep. uh, like he was just a bad Marine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, you know, pulls. Oh, go ahead. Real quick. I don't know if we've gotten, cause I'm, I watched this movie like a month ago, so I'm, I'm kind of forgetting when certain things happen, but, sure. uh, have we already talked about when, um, oh, what is the main guy? Not Downey Dawson. Yeah. How they talk about how Dawson kind of mentored Santiago and kind of took him or, um, oh, the other guy in the stand, he said like, we all wanted to get in, but Dawson told us not to touch him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was kind of a big moment too. It was kind of like, why would they poison this guy if Dawson's sticking up for this guy all the time? Yeah. It kind of speaks a lot to his character. Well, and in the, in the direct or yeah, the direct examination of, uh, of Lieutenant Kendrick, uh, our boy, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, he talks about how he gave Dawson, a substandard review on his last performance review. And it was because Kendrick had ordered uh, a code red on one of the, you know, one of the Marines and he was not allowed food for like days. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. And Lance Corporal Dawson snuck him food. Mm -hmm. And so Kendrick gave Dawson a substandard review because of that. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I think it was no no while that same actor or it could have been Cuba uh, that they ask like did you want to hurt Santiago? I was like yeah. Well, why didn't you? Because Dawson yeah said you know don't, don't do touch it. him don't yeah don't touch him. Mm-hmm. But they did have this one bit of evidence against him was that Dawson was the one that had done the illegal shooting. 
right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So that, so that was, was the that was the motive. Yeah. Is that supposedly uh, Dawson? Well, not supposedly. Dawson did shoot over the fence. Well, and Dawson and Danny both admitted, like, no, we went to his room, we tied him up, we yeah. shoved the stuff in his mouth, but mm-hmm. we didn't murder we, him. We didn't poison the rag, mm-hmm. and we got help as soon as we could tell he was in distress. And uh, and we were yeah, ordered to do the code red. They called nine one one. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah, they're the they, ones that they called. Yeah, they're the ones that called it mm-hmm. in. Uh, and so uh, you know, all of this like sort of fact finding comes out, and it's time now uh, that uh, we're we're getting ready to put Jessup on the stand. And uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, you know, pulls him aside, kind of in a bar. Uh, this is before Markinson dies, but yeah, uh, but. Uh, Kevin Bacon warns him. He's like, he kind of sets up the stakes for us that he's like, if you go after Jessup with no evidence, you're done. Like you're getting court-martialed. You're getting kicked out of the, out of the JAG Corps. You will never have a good job again. Like, don't do this. Do not uh, question a decorated army uh, Marine officer without... Uh, like without due cause. That's interesting. Like, cause it seems like you can do it to anyone else. Like, I wonder why that is, or like if that's a real thing, uh, it is a real thing. Officers are treated with a different level of, um, benefit of the doubt. Okay. Uh, and so you have to have really good evidence. If you're going to even accuse an officer of something inappropriate. Okay. Yeah. And especially a senior officer. Mm-hmm. Like, so someone who is yeah, higher rank than you, he's a colonel and, and he was like ready. He was like supposed to be the next, uh, director of national intelligence or something mm-hmm. like that. Like he was in line for it. He yeah. was in line That's why for they wanted to just a cabinet position. Hush, hush. Yeah. Is that he was supposed to be confirmed as a, a new cabinet member. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, Kathy calls him, puts him on the stand and we have just the finest display of wordsmanship back and forth ever. Uh, we heard some of it uh, at the start of this episode, but uh, both of them are just fire uh, back and forth. And this was really cool. Uh, I was, you know, w- like reading about this movie at some point and um, they did that scene like four times where he's like off camera so that Rob Reiner can get the reaction shots of various people in the crowd. Mm. And then the one that's like he's on camera delivering his speech uh that was the last one and so he was like he explained that he was exhausted by the end of that day like doing that four times that you can't handle the truth and that whole that intensity to like muster that up four times back to back to back to back and delivered as close to perfect as possible and uh everyone uh on the set i guess you know still says like he was perfect every all four times like all four times that could have been what went in the movie. Mm. That's crazy. It's so cool. Like Jack Nicholson is a beast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I love this scene so yeah. much. It's the, for sure the best scene in the movie. Yeah. And I love to the, uh, some of the camera work like, uh, back and forth, but when it's the, you can't handle the truth and he kind of sits up in his chair, it's the first time that the camera is really aggressively pointed down at him and he's Mm. looking up at the camera. And so it's just a very, like, makes you really feel like he's getting out of his chair and like coming out at you kind of a thing. Like, Oh, I just love it. Yeah. Um, the American Film Institute voted that line, Do You Can't Handle the Truth, as the 29th most memorable movie quote oh, of all time. time, out of 100. I mean, I I, I would say... I would have put it higher. Could have been higher. I've never, I'd never seen the movie, and I knew like four or five quotes from that speech. Yeah. Like, there was another line from the last movie we watched, Dirty Harry 2, that was on that list, too. The It was like 51. It was in the 50s yeah. or something like the, that, yeah. Do You Feel Lucky Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh man, this, this whole scene, I, I just don't even know what to say about it because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a great scene. Um, I think I love almost even more so not that I think it's better, but I just, I love the scene that follows when, um, they, they're kind of going through all the crimes that they are, um, you know, convicted for and they're not guilty not guilty and then i don't remember which one it was but they do get convicted of guilty for it was the uh, conduct unbecoming, unbecoming of a, of an of a marine exactly, they're not officers yeah. of a marine 
um, Dawson and Downey, and you can just see um, like the the shock on and Downey's grief. Face, yeah. yeah, on I think it's Dawson. Right? Well, Downey's confused. Downey's confused. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what did we do? We did nothing wrong. Yeah. yeah. And Dawson goes, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he starts to walk out and then um, Tom Cruise. Wait, him. before you, before you, it, because this line bears like speaking I, out. It's going to be my oh, okay, favorite line as well. No, you can go ahead. You can say it, but I'm, I'm just saying it's oh, also yeah. my favorite yeah. line. No, I go ahead. It. Yeah. It's uh, he says that you don't have to have a patch on your arm to have honor. No, that wasn't what I was Oh, that's not say. it. No, you <laughs> no. skipped over the like what no, Scott so Right was after saying. what I was about to say. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so he says, uh, we did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. And he says, yeah, we did. Uh, we're supposed to look out for the people who can't look out for themselves. Mm. We were supposed to protect Willie. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, like, and that, like, that is just so, uh, man, like the, their whole thing, both of them, but especially Lance Corporal Dawson the entire time he's, you know, like just keep saying like I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. And like honor is such a big deal to him, but it's I didn't do anything wrong, and I won't say I did anything wrong. And then in this moment to really be able to admit like I did do something wrong, I didn't defend. Yeah, really. I uh, this is actually just made me think of th- really the only big problem I had with the movie or miss I feel like was uh what's uh what's the co cancel's name Weinberg Weinberg the whole time he like doesn't like these guys because of whatever their code red was because they picked on the little guy bullying they're picking on the little guy and i feel like i thought they were gonna pay that off somehow and like say like it felt like he had some particular reason why and then even they have this moment like dawson and weinstein have this moment between them because like he says that he delivers that line he looks right at weinstein yeah we were supposed to fight for people who couldn't fight for themselves yeah and i was like i we didn't really talk about why this bothered him so much in particular when it didn't bother anybody else in the movie. Yeah. I didn't, that was the one thing where I was watching the movie. I was like, why didn't we get any more about that? Or like, why did they include it if they weren't going to pay it off? Yeah, that's fair. I yeah. got that. But then you're, then, then that they're yeah. leaving and Tom Cruise says, you don't have, you don't need to have a patch in your arm to have honor. And then Dawson salutes him. Tension on deck. And it's just a or great tension, moment. There's an officer, officer on deck. On deck yeah. Yeah. Because he had refused oh. to do that yeah. earlier in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Multiple times, like, called it, you know, uh, oh, what did, when did uh, saluting an officer go out the window? And he That's would, a like, great moment, like, too. Uh, like, or he stands up and he just puts, puts his, hands his hand back in his, his pocket, pocket. refuses to do it. And at the very end, he does it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just a great span of, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so of film. Oh, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. so good. So Jack Nicholson uh, was only uh, on set, like he, he only worked four days. For the, whole, for the whole movie? Nice. Yeah, he only worked four days and he got paid $5 million for that. Wow. Meanwhile, Jeez. Demi Moore uh, got paid $2 million for this movie. <laughs> How long was she on set for? I mean, the Every whole, day. yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> sounds about right. She's in just about every scene. But yeah. you think about it, there are only like four scenes that uh, Jack Nicholson's in. Yeah. It's when he's in Cuba, or not scenes, but like there are two or three scenes in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the courtroom. Courtroom. The very end. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just such like, when you think about it, he's like the first person I think about, even before I think about Tom Cruise, I think about him. Yeah, sure. So, but yeah, he's in so little of the movie. Huh. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, what were, uh, I mean, we've kind of said a few of them. So he got the confession though. He got, yeah, he did get the confession out of Colonel Jessup and uh, the, the guys are acquitted of murder and uh, yeah, everything but conduct uh, unbecoming of a Marine. And so they're dishonorably discharged and uh, Colonel Jessup is taken into they custody. They got no time, right? They, they got just, no time. Yeah, it was just dishonorably discharged. Just dishonorable discharge, uh, time served essentially, uh-huh. like what you've already like been incarcerated for. Um, yeah, Colonel Jessup gets taken into custody and is going to be charged with, you know, the murder because he just admitted that he ordered the code red and Mm -hmm. that led to the death of his Marine. But ultimately that'll go into a whole new case and they'll have to go through everything again. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So that's, that's the movie. That's a few good men. Oh, I love it. What were some of your guys' favorite uh, parts and or favorite lines? We've done kind of maybe a couple of them, but I want to hear. I feel like I kind of already said mine. Yeah. My favorite scene is 
the the scene mm-hmm. with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, you know that back and forth, and then his monologue. That's my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that it's for sure the most iconic in multiple. Gr- did you order the code red? You're damn right, I did. Like, there's lots of great things there. I think my favorite, like, um, non super iconic one is where he he grabs the book from Kevin Bacon as they're walking past each yes. other. And Kevin Bacon's like, "What the heck." Yeah. And he slams it. He gives it back to the guy and goes, can you tell me where the mess hall is? <laughs> yeah. Like just such like a forget you. Like look what. Like, so cheeky. There's there's nothing good with your argument. Yeah. Like, just. Yeah. Because Kevin good. Bacon like plays up his argument quite a bit. Like makes a big deal out of it. And then. He brings like four different books. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, it's not in this one. It's not in this one. It's not in this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I think like it's not a line at all. It's just like I think my favorite thing like Tom Cruise does through the whole movie. And that's probably my favorite part was when um, I forget the question he was asking him, but then Jack Nicholas is like, is this all you have for me? Like, is this yeah. all you brought me here for? And then he doesn't answer and he like yeah. waits and he waits and he makes, he basically makes Jack Nicholas get up yeah, or Nicholson get up, walk away. Yeah. And then he knows exactly. He's like, sit back down. Like I didn't dismiss you. And like, that was, I think like the best, like, just like the most clever thing he did. Cause he knew that would be, that would put him right, rile him and get him right where he wanted him. Yeah. That's why I love that. Yeah. Because he's all about power. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he's like trying to decide in that moment, whether or not he's actually going to do this. Mm-hmm. And the like, line that follows is so great. I'm not going to try to say it, but I'm sure you know it by heart. Yeah. From the judge. When he says like, I'd like to be addressed by Colonel. I think I've earned it. Yeah. And then the judge, what does the judge well, say? Well, then he, he says, says, what kind of ship are you running? here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what kind of unit are you running here? And he says, uh, and the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. I'm quite certain I've earned it. So good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just so good from Sorkin. Like he just gets like put in his place twice, you know, in quick yeah. succession. I, I love that. Uh, I actually think, uh, I think my favorite uh, scene or line, we didn't even really talk about it. And it's super inconsequential. And I don't know why I love it. I just think it's so funny. It's when he's uh, in the very beginning, he's like doing uh, drills, like on the softball field, mm-hmm. like he's uh, hitting balls out to the infield. They're doing infield drills. And he's like at the same time uh, conversation negotiating with someone, with someone yeah. about a, a case that he's on. And uh, you know, like the guy that uh, that Caffey is defending got caught with a, a bag of oregano. He bought oregano thinking it was weed. Mm-hmm. And that whole interaction, like, you're you like, I'm gonna charge him and blah blah blah. And he's like, You're gonna charge him for what? Possession of a condiment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had a dime bag of oregano. It's not a crime to be stupid. <laughs> Uh, like that whole, but just like while he's like hitting batting practice, and he's mm-hmm. like, you gotta keep your eye on the ball, buddy. Like if you keep your eye on the ball, you increase your chances of catching it by a hundred percent. And then he's like, still like, uh, like negotiating a mm-hmm. plea bargain. I just love that scene. Like it just shows so much of, uh, his character up to this point. Um, so that's my favorite scene, but my favorite line, uh, Scott, you brought it up. Uh, it's, uh, it's when he's drunk, like it's kind of like, you know, he's given up mm-hmm. sort of a thing. And uh, he asks uh, Weinberg, would you put uh, Jessup, on the stand. Jessup on the stand? And he says, me? No. And he says, would my father? And he said, no. Uh, but you guys ask yourself, would you put him on the stand? You know, what would, what would, uh, what would you do? And then he says, you know, I wrote a paper about your dad and he's like, oh yeah. He said, great, great lawyer. And he says, oh yeah, he was the best. And he said, but if I had a choice between you or your father, I would take you every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And it's just like, oh, it was such a like strong moment for Mm -hmm. So clearly this movie means a lot to you. Yeah. Where does this rank in your top three, top five? Uh, It's in my top five. Uh, It it would probably be four or five in my top five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dead Poets is number one, right? Dead Poets is number one. We're going to do that coming up. Uh, A couple of of these guys haven't seen Dead Poets Society. Staring right at me. Uh, That's okay. Scott hasn't either. I haven't seen it. I've seen parts of it, but I've never seen the whole thing. I mean, everybody's seen like clips of Dead Poets Society, but Mm -hmm. like... Yeah. 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 Uh, But... Super excited for that. Uh, that's my number one. Goodwill Hunting's up there, pretty high. 
Uh, Braveheart is in the top five. Uh, and so this might be... Yeah. Of, the 90s were good for you. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it is like, you know, so much nostalgia to these movies. Yeah. The why they're in my top mm-hmm. five. Uh, and then I have some newer ones in the top 10, like, you know, mm-hmm. Perks of Being a Wallflower is pretty high up there for me. It's a good one. That's newer. Although I guess it it's set in the 90s, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably guess, why you love it I so guess much. I have a thing with the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, that is. Do you have uh, the algorithm ready? I, I do, yeah. So that's everything for, uh, for A Few Good Men. Uh, if you have something that you wanted to say about it, we'd love to hear it. So uh, reach out to us on social media at Rotten Potato Pod, uh, and that's on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, and so now we're going to get into our, uh, our, our main event, our, uh, our special rotten potato algorithm. It's patented and it is so much better than the other guys. I don't know what they're using, but ours is better. Probably. Yeah. It's more sophisticated for sure. Spinning up some, uh, some hardware right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm spinning up our, 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 uh, our local and remote servers. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take it all. So Scott, how would you rate this movie? I'm going to give it. 8.9 8.9 Navy boys. <laughs> we didn't even talk about it, but <laughs> so it's kind of funny that, uh, almost all of the, uh, almost all of this movie's dialogue is identical to the screenplay, mm. but that is not one of them. Uh, so it's Kendrick, right? Yeah, it's well, no, it's Kendrick in the movie that says it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the play, uh, it's, uh, it's someone else. I can't remember who it is. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that, that one's, that's pretty funny, uh, that you brought that up. Jake, how would you rate this movie? I'm going to give it, um, 9.5 really disrespectfully eaten apples. (laughs) (laughs) 9.5. 9.5, that's high. I liked that's it. your highest well, Jake one. Jake said this was his that's favorite right, out of yeah. everything we've done mm-hmm. so far. So. I really liked it. I'll give this an 8.5 yoo-hoos. And uh, I'm going to give this uh, 9.6 uh, baseball bats that help me think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's my bat? <laughs> never, never put my bat in the closet. Uh, so we'll run this through the uh, our, our patented uh, Rotten Potatoes algorithm, and this movie gets a ninety four percent. Wow, on I, Rotten Potatoes. Did that beat Braveheart? Braveheart? Yeah, Braveheart was ninety one. I think. Yeah. Uh, so this is our highest rated film wow. so far on Rotten Potatoes. I didn't expect that. I really? did. Mm. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, it's interesting. You said you th- you thought you liked Braveheart more than this still, but you rated this one higher than you rated Braveheart. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, when I talk about my top movies, that's not what I think are the most excellent yeah. movies. Yeah, got it. It's just I enjoy Braveheart probably more than I enjoy this movie, and it's more meaningful to me in a lot of but ways. you think this one was I think this better. one is uh, all around a better movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say the same thing. I rated this just as high as Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, but if someone had to... If I had to give an answer what's better, I would say this is a better movie. Got it. Yeah. Make sure to join us next week. Um, I believe that's going to be my pick. It I'm is. I'm also yeah. picking an Aaron Sorkin written film. Yes. And that's not intentional. It's just because next week is one of my absolute favorite movies. I had been planning to pick it for a long time, but we're going to be watching and then discussing The Social Network. Yeah. So if you have time this week, make sure to watch that. If you have any good Mark Zuckerberg jokes, you can send them our way. Yeah, yeah, well, we'd love uh, any any we'll, uh, Mark Z memes. We'll post them on the gram and take drop, credit for it. Drop the Mark, just Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's not bad. I mean, drop the Berg, just Zuck. <laughs> Mark Zuck. Maybe Zucks. Mark Zucks. Just the Zuck. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Scott, do you have any uh, final thoughts for us? Um, oh, actually, I do have this one really important. <laughs>